Chapter 35. George. A light flickers on, a spotlight aimed at the middle of the gym floor. Kyle stands in front of the microphone. Behind him are Finn and Jay, who start to beatbox. Ryan spins next to them, performing some sort of twirling dance. She's a dancer, and she really wanted to do an interpretive spinning dance. I suppose it adds to the spirit of the assembly we've created. Kyle starts to rap, the beatboxing behind him, driving the rhythm. Principal Klein, welcome to the show. Our grade's got plenty to show you, yo. No, we haven't gone back or berserk, but you can do tons with lots of teamwork. We got together Team Red and Team Blue to prove what working together can do. A switch is flicked and the gym is bathed in dancing green lights. The entire gym has been transformed. Giovanna and Samantha were in charge of the decorations and they filled the room with streamers and lined the walls with dozens of posters with words like teamwork, sportsmanship, and fair play. I don't know how they got it all done in one night. Meanwhile, most of the class sits on the bleachers, clapping along to the rap while Kyle continues. Like the auditorium filled with slops, so some of us came early with a mop. He points to a group of fifth graders who hold up their mops. I looked at the auditorium this morning, and I don't think it has ever been so clean. Kyle continues. But that's not all, so that's just the start. Everyone's here did a little part, like Bjorn in charge of technology and Maggie who wrote an apology. Bjorn hits a button on his cell phone and the room, which has been basked in green light, is now awash in red. He really is good at computer stuff. He rigged all the lights together. Kyle points to Maggie, who stands off to the side, holding a piece of paper in front of her. She clears her throat. Dear Principal Klein, we are sorry for acting so poorly. We have learned a valuable lesson about teamwork and fair play. We let our competitive spirit get the best of us and we realize we were wrong. Please accept our sincere apology. P.S. We can't wait to help out with Miss Bryce's after-school tutoring program. And can I have some extra sessions, please? She runs over to her principal and hands him the note, which has been signed by everyone in our grade. Our principal accepts the page, his mouth agape. I don't know what he was expecting when he came to the gym, but it wasn't this. Finn and Jay begin beatboxing again, and Kyle continues his rap. Great lessons and values. We've learned a ton about sportsmanship and playing for fun, but we've brought you more than my rap ballad. We've also brought some homemade egg salad. Toby runs over to our principal with a bowl of egg salad his mom made last night. Toby said his mom makes a really good egg salad. Here you go. I know what's your favorite, says Toby, and then runs off. We work together to bring you this song and show you that our grade can get along. So now we're one team and those are the facts. Now let's take a break for Luke on the Sacks. Kyle points to Luke, who's dressed in his Charlie Parker costume from Historical Figure Day. He's in front of a microphone, and he starts blowing his horn and moving his fingers at crazy speeds while he taps his toes and wiggles his legs. The entire room fills with the honks and beeps from his instrument. I find myself tapping my foot and snapping my fingers. Luke ends with a manic flourish and then points back to Kyle. Thanks for your time. Soon the school bell will ring, but we need to show you one final thing. It's big and awesome and can't be ignored, but the world's best principal deserves an award. Bjorn hits his phone and the gym fills with a dark purple light, all except for one bright spotlight. It shines on a large trophy, a three-foot statue of Principal Klein made of modeling clay and the words, World's Greatest Principal, etched on the bottom. Our principal's jaw drops open in surprise. I think that's a good thing. Chapter 36, Lily. Of all the things we did to make this Principal Klein presentation, the trophy was the most impressive. I've always liked making figurines, but I've never made anything this big. Aisha and Giovanna both helped me last night. I'm not sure if our trophy looks like Principal Klein, but it's a large guy wearing an orange cardigan sweater, so there's no doubt who it's supposed to be. Principal Klein stares at it, his eyes practically bugging out of his head. He walks toward the clay trophy, slowly at first, and then picking up speed. 
George and I follow him. He stands next to it, staring, as if he's afraid to touch it, as if it might all disappear if he takes even a small step closer. I can't believe you were able to make that in one night, George whispers to me. It was very late night, but I heard Principal Klein say that he'd never won a trophy before, I whisper back. He always wanted one. I hoped to make it taller, but we ran out of modeling clay. When I look at Principal Klein, I don't know if our plan is going to work or not. He just stares and stares at the trophy. He doesn't seem happy, but he doesn't look angry either. The gym is eerily silent except for a couple of coughs. Finally, Principal Klein reaches out his hand and his fingers gently rub against the clay. They leave a small indent because the clay isn't completely dry. He pulls his hand back. He turns to us and sweeps his arm across the room. You did all of this together? We nod. And you made this? For me? I nod, beaming. This is the... He begins, his voice starting to rise. This is the... His voice is louder and I can't keep from fidgeting. I'm so nervous. This is the nicest thing anyone has ever done for me. I had been holding my breath for a long time, and I can hold my breath for a very long time, but I let it out in a big sigh of relief. So does George. So do about half the kids in the bleachers. I hear a whoosh of air around us. This will look marvelous in the trophy case, says Principal Klein, his voice choking. Well, maybe it won't fit in one. He looks disappointed for a moment, but then adds, but I'll put it somewhere. He circles the sculpture. George and I step back to give him room. He turns to George and me. How did you guys put this together so quickly? Both of our teams work together, said George. It's amazing what you can do with little teamwork. He flashes me a smile, and I return it. I'm sure if you gave us another chance, we could show you we learned all about teamwork, I say to Principal Klein, and playing fairly and for fun. Then you've learned a valuable lesson, says Principal Klein, one that can help you throughout your life and not just today. He looks at us and then at the rest of the grade. Everyone has now gathered in a big circle with me, George, our principal, and the trophy in the middle. We're all smiles. Then, in his loud, booming voice, our principal adds, Yes, you have all learned a great lesson. Good for you. Thank you for this wonderful gift. He wipes his nose. I'm proud to announce that we will have field day this afternoon, as planned. I bounce on my feet and cheer. The entire gymnasium cheers, and I bet we're so loud that every class in the building can hear us. Principal Klein raises his hands, motioning us to quiet down. But it takes a few moments before we do. A couple of lone yelps of happiness ring out, and then we are silent again. But you have to show me you're true, you're, you've truly learned your lesson. Any hint of shenanigans on field day will be canceled immediately. Understand? What about the special prize? Someone yells. I can see who it is. I think it sounded like, I can't see who it is. I think it sounded like Sarah. If there's a field day, there will be a prize, says Principal Klein. And this gets as loud and long a cheer as it did earlier in the announcement. But for now, school's about to start and you all need to get to class. George and I exchange grins. It's a relief to know that we saved Spirit Week, but I feel even better knowing that we saved it together. Chapter 37, George. Instead of listening to Mr. Foley during class, I spend the morning working on today's schedule. Field day is full of events, and you need the right people assigned to the right games if you want to win. Everyone talks about what games we'll play this afternoon. There is a lot of whispering in class, and Mr. Foley keeps ordering kids to be quiet, but even he seems excited about field day. Brian and Seth whisper and pass notes constantly, often while giggling. That worries me. I try to put them out of my mind and concentrate on my schedule. Most events need somewhere between 10 and 12 kids from each, from each team, and every kid is supposed to be assigned to participate in at least two events. It's a little tricky figuring it all out and knowing where some kids will be great and where other kids might not be great, but 
won't be too awful. For example, there's Avery, who is nice and all, but sort of clumsy. She wouldn't be the best person to choose for the egg race, and Maggie has a broken arm, so I wouldn't want her balancing cups of water. But other kids would be perfect for those events. Other games need different skills, like the tug-of-war, which is all about strength. With guys like Brian, Seth, and Kyle on my team, we should dominate tug-of-war. That's the final event of the day and worth double points. This will be fun, says Luke, after the bell rings and we head outside for the start of field day. He's changed out of his Charlie Parker costume from this morning and instead wears a yellow t-shirt and jeans. I blink twice. The jeans are glittery with rainbow patches on the pockets. Are those from the Lost and Found, I ask. Luke shakes his head. No, I had my mom make them. I thought they were kind of cool when you wore them the other day. He blushes. Do I look goofy? You look great, I say. Field day is going to be fantastic, Brian says. He walks with Seth on the other side of me. I mean, we've been planning stuff for days, you know. I just can't believe it's back on. Um, what do you mean planning stuff? I ask. Brian chuckles. We have to play fair, I remind him. We all promised. Sure, he answers with a wink. Fair play, no worries. I eye him suspiciously. He wears a smirk, and you should never trust a smirk. I hear nothing can stop us from winning, adds Toby behind me. He's grinning too. What's going on, I demand. What did you hear? I cry out to Toby as he rushes past me. Brian puts his finger to his mouth as a group of Team Red kids near us, also heading outside. As I walk down the hall, my heart races. I should have known those guys would try to ruin everything. I need to scream at them that we need to play fair. We just performed a whole rap song about it. But the hall is crowded and Brian and Seth are now way ahead of me, exiting the school doors. I also remember being locked in the storage pantry and how big Brian and Seth are, and so I take a deep breath. Maybe I can avoid talking to them. Maybe things aren't as bad as I think. But then again, they could be even worse.